Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. You'll have ad-free episodes and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love, linked in the show notes. Maybe for the LA ecosystem, I think a big part of what we are excited to possibly do with them is try to work together and get more awareness for them and their work. We know in due time, those patients and the community that they represent are really the key stakeholder for making Achieve Clinics what it should be. Ultimately, it's their cells and their data that are at the core of what makes Achieve Clinics potentially transformative. And if they're not on board, none of this matters. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. My name is Esprit Devora, born and raised LA, and I created We Are LA Tech in 2012 to unify the community. Podcast launched in 2014, continuing to help people find the best talent, to connect with each other, to form awesome relationships. So proud of this show. Enjoy. Hi, my name is Brian Switchko of One Inc. We are a creative cohort and storytelling studio based in Los Angeles. I've been a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast since the beginning. I've been a member of the We Are LA Tech community since the beginning. I am so happy and grateful to have known Esprit and watched the genesis of both. Um, but I've remained a listener because of the warmth that she shares with her listeners and her audience, but also the space that she makes uh, for her, her guests and the stories that come from that. And then also to know that those stories aren't just stories. They aren't just content. Uh, they're a part of a community and that community is something that can be experienced in so many different ways. And the times that I've been able to meet other people and connect with them from the community have resulted in meaningful relationships and potent business partnerships. And you know, at so many situations where I can track back person to person, situation to situation over months and years, um, and, and just point to as free as the catalyst for, for what, you know, you look back and it's just, it's just magic. Uh, I'm so happy and grateful for us free and the We Are LA Tech community. I will continue listening, participating, and happily cheering for a very long time to come. Hello, and welcome back to the We Are LA Tech podcast, spotlighting LA companies, technologies and talent throughout the region. Uh, really thrilled to, uh, well, one, be guest hosting. I'm Dave Whalen, uh, CEO of Bioscience LA. i uh, been guest hosting We Are LA Tech, supporting Esprit Devora, and really trying to highlight a lot of health tech companies as well as other interesting tech companies in Los Angeles. Today is a first for me on my guest hosting in that I have two guests on the show today, uh, Paul Chan and Brad Heller, uh, both of whom are working to launch a company called Achieve Clinics, which we'll talk about in a moment. But want to kick off with, with Paul, uh, who is one of the first people that I kind of met pre-pandemic, uh, at least over LinkedIn, social media, we think. And then we met virtually just as lockdown had happened. Uh, on a uh, on a Zoom for the Biocom Startup Resources Committee, and uh, Paul, let's uh, let's take it from there. And you know, welcome. Would love to have you before we talk about Biocom and talk about how we really met. Give us a little bit of sense of your story. Kind of who are you? Where'd you come from? What have you been doing uh, before three years ago? Well, Dave, really appreciate the chance to be on. It is great to uh, always great to connect with you. So, uh, you know, backstory, you know, I've been in L.A. for better part of the past 15 years. Um, I feel like a foreigner in terms of being a transplant, having been born and raised in the Northeast in the New York, New Jersey area. But at this point, I realize I'm probably more of a resident, a local than than many <laughs> at this point. So. Yeah, and by the way, I'm a I'm a Pennsylvania native, so I think we've got a whole like Northeast transplant to uh, to LA thing going here. So. 
Yeah. And every winter, as I realize that it only takes like a 59 degree day for me to feel cold, that I've also physiologically transplanted and am now a resident SoCal uh, <laughs> local. But uh, yeah, you know, I came up here while I was, uh, when we were moving here, I was um, at the time still with um, a San Diego-based investment fund called Tavistock Life Sciences. They also go by Boxer Capital, which is this wonderful um, hybrid sort of VC hedge fund um, family office that's quite uh, become quite large over the years. And um, so I was in many ways still not local <laughs> while I was here initially, but um, fortunately have been able to um, you know really start establishing a little bit more roots here, spent a couple of years at Amgen. And then, um, and on, on then after that, several years under a different sort of national advisory umbrella. Um, but throughout that time became fully aware of how the life science, um, environment here just is, uh, was not as well established. You know, we had the big boys of, of Amgen, et cetera, but even Amgen is not really in LA, I guess you could say. And while you're there, maybe most of the folks live in the in the region up there and um and and you the the gravitational pull isn't to come back down towards LA, but if anything, uh, the pull is to go out towards Ventura. Yeah. And in fact, you know, Amgen Amgen used to recruit people into the region. They would work at Amgen for a few years. And when they left Amgen, they would sort of leave the area again and they might never have even set foot in LA city limits their entire time in uh, in the region, and so we're we're doing better, but it, it's taken some time. Yeah, I think it's you know it's not like anyone there's there's no like blame per se, but certainly when you think about the history of life sciences and and you know uh, healthcare here, um, at least in the therapeutic side of things, yeah, it didn't. It was definitely one of those classic stories of you have all these great research institutions, you have. Um, what seems like a major employer in the region, but you don't quite have that cluster. And I think maybe you can say New York City shared a little bit of that narrative too. A lot of research, you had even Pfizer headquartered there. You had other uh, neighboring sort of companies, but did not have the same sort of vibrancy that you can say the Boston and, and the Bay Area had. And so, you know, that was that became evident over the years for me as well. And, you know, it's hard for me to pinpoint when it started in terms of getting plugged into some of the ecosystem here. But yeah, I think I have to credit Biocom. I think when Biocom decided to try to plant a flag here, you know, I I think early on in that time, I got introduced to Dina, who was part of leading that team. And yeah, who's awesome. And now now at UCLA, kind of continuing to grow the ecosystem through UCLA Technology Development. That's right. Group. And and you know, in many ways, it was really exciting to hear people actually f- take part in trying to do something about. This reality of LA being what many call the flyover city in in healthcare and in in life sciences, and so yeah, I think that that definitely is probably the seed that allowed you and I to even first meet, and uh, definitely have to credit credit that. But over the years, I I started Eldred Advisors about six and a half years ago, kind of around that same time, and and the spirit of that is is actually very much been I think related. It's definitely about um, my, my practice is much more startup focused and the work that I tend to do is in transactions that are quite um, pivotal for early stage companies, usually around uh, drug licensing. So drug scouting was a big part of my work where we help management teams identify technologies and, and bring them in. You know, a classic example is a management team who sold their last company, wants to get the band back together, don't have anything to develop. Uh, and so that's the kind of project that I was brought in to help them find drugs. And I'm definitely proud of having been a part of something like that, where, you know, right now, some of my client drugs have, are now in the clinic. Some of them are p- pivotal studies. And then on the flip side, I have also taken part in doing um, out-licensing type work, working with companies who have a technology, just need to find partners in industry uh, to possibly license it or collaborate. And, and everything in between. And so um, that's been basically my life for the better part of the past six years. Um, but in parallel to that work, I've been getting to know many of the, um, let's call them the, the inventors, the academic, uh, you know, sort of entrepreneurs out here. And and also, you know, folks who've been trying to start companies. And, and I'm Definitely glad that over the past year, one of those individuals was Brad. Um, and I definitely have to credit 
I think I guess Biocom deserves some credit again for st- setting up the committee that um, created an environment where folks like Brad can show up and get connected with folks. And he and I happen to be uh, joined up in one of those random breakout rooms and, and the rest is history. Yeah, and I, I love it. We're going to get Brad on in a second to tell his story, but you know, definitely credit to Biocom California, their LA office, and the Biocom uh, LA Startup Resources Committee. And I, I think Paul, we figured out that you know, even though we had kind of kind of connected pre-pandemic, we sort of had a first formal conversation by meeting on the Biocom Startup Committee Zoom uh, right after I'd come on board as CEO of Bioscience LA and. I was dealing with how do we innovate in Los Angeles and help to support everything that was going on. This is the early days of, 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 of pandemic and lockdown. You were actually working on some, some COVID testing, uh, uh, you know, opportunities. And so we, you know, we kind of connected around that, but I remember every conversation that we had after that, you would constantly come around to how can I help? How can I help, you know, help support other entrepreneurs? How can, we collectively helped to grow the ecosystem. And so I, I was thrilled. Well, I'm thrilled to hear that you met, uh, you met Brad, you know, on one of these biocom things. And then you, uh, uh, you brought ba- Brad to the Bioscience LA uh, offices for a meeting with me. I somehow missed the meeting in person. And so we had to do a Zoom. And so it was probably, I don't even know when, I think I met Brad, uh, um, you know, at a dinner, you know, a, a month later or something like that. But Brad, we've been talking about you, so we probably should let you uh, talk about yourself a little bit. So Brad Heller, welcome to uh, We Are LA Tech. Uh, before you start talking about what uh, what you've been working on now and what got Paul so excited, uh, give us a little bit of your your background, kind of you know where you come from, how you got to LA, and what you were doing before you and I met. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Thanks, thanks for having us. Really excited to be here. So yeah, how did I get to LA? How did this happen to me? Um, so yeah, like Paul, I'm, I'm from the, the Northeast. Um, I came out to California for a postdoc at UCSF. So I'd been in the Bay Area for a number of years, ultimately uh, moving on to biotech as, as a scientist, first in a small molecule cancer drug discovery company, and then I'm a cell therapy uh, company in, in the Bay Area called uh, Eureka Therapeutics. And I was there for a few years. And really one of the things that I gathered from my time at Eureka was how awesome cell therapy is and the promise for this groundbreaking uh, modality uh, in general. Uh, It was just, it was still early days for the field. Um, We were just at that time in 2018 learning about how well it was working with Yaskarta, you know, you know, Kites Lead and all these other technologies that were coming to the fore. Um, just earlier this year, we found that you know the first uh, patients dosed with um, CAR T uh, are still alive ten years later. These were you know terminally ill patients who were essentially cured. It's it's it's, it's amazing. But another one of the things I learned was um, cell therapy could work a lot better, um, especially the type of cell therapy that's made from a patient's own cells, called you know autologous cell therapy. So it's just there's so much variability between people. There's so much. Um, so much harm that's done to these cells collected from these people after they endure uh, chemotherapy and um, advanced disease. And then you go and try to make a cell therapy uh, to treat their cancer with these cells at this advanced state, and they just don't work as well as they could. And I, I think that's that understanding that I, that I got at, at Eureka and the expertise of, you know, just being an industry insider and, and learning about it in a technical way is what encouraged me to ultimately resign and found Achieve Clinics. And so wouldn't you know, that just happened to, to be around the time that my wife and I were expecting our first child and we're deciding uh, maybe we should move to LA uh, six blocks away from her parents. So, but you know, we're, we're one big happy family uh, over here in West LA. And um, this is, this was, but this is basically where I started working on it full time. So this is, this is when it really got serious Got it. And so just tell you, you moved, I mean, obviously you were busy, right? So uh, they, they say you're never supposed to uh, make too many changes at one time. And you, you know, left a job, started a company, we're about to have a baby and moved. Um, so nice work kind of bringing all that together. Maybe you added a new hobby. And plus we had pandemic too, which we were all learning to, uh, 
you know, learning at the same time. But, you know, so you moved to L.A., what what do you you know what's the first move that you take you know how did you get plugged in uh um you know before you had met paul before you had met me kind of what were you doing here in la that's a very good question um i'd probably have to go through my uh <laughs> my history of emails i remember uh you know forming the llc and getting a mailbox but i mean the the networking thing how, how do i reach out to people uh in my network how do i figure out who's here who's local. Um, that was really hard, actually, being being from the Bay Area, not having roots here. And I think if there's one thing that I could really point to, it was these kinds of interactions I'd have a few months later, ultimately leading to how I met Paul uh, at a biocom session, uh, or even through like Lunch Club, if you guys have heard of that, where you kind of meet people in kind of a sort of quasi-random way. I actually ended up meeting uh, Sean Carbonell that way, of, uh, of Brazen Bio, Brazen Capital. It's just, you know, it's just those kinds of chance encounters. Yeah. You know, you're, you're actually, you're reminding me because I, I was, I was doing that for a while and then I, uh, I, I put it on pause cause I, you know, none of the sessions, none of the times I had were working and then I think it just stayed on pause, but I actually met some very cool people through lunch club completely disconnected from life sciences, but who turn out to have really interesting connections back and so you're you're reminding me to get back on there yeah yeah exactly um you know and sean was a real boon he said um yeah he, he he's a force of nature too and super generous with his time and his interest i mean he was like oh there's this tech stars thing happening in culver city like come on by and little did i know probably half the half the people there if not more already knew you and bioscience la you know and it was just this kind of thing that just sort of just happening when you you know that the, the path of a founder is kind of funny and strange. You just have to knock on enough doors and, and put enough irons in the fire before all that kind of pushing yields something. Uh, and you meet the right people and the right chain reactions sort of happen somehow. And who, know, who knows how or why. But it did. Just like that, um, things just, just began to happen. I ended up reaching out to um, uh, Cedar Sinai and really getting connected with uh, Josh Sassine there, who's a co-director of the CAR T program. We ended up forming a, a rapport somehow, some way. Um, you know, as a fully, you know, committed, fully practicing oncologist and a director of a clinical program there, he's got his hands full. But that relationship ended up really, um, you know, pushing, uh, pushing us forward. I can't remember. I think we ended up also once I was meeting Paul and you, we got connected to Aria, right? Uh, at Mars, um, what's the name of that? Paul, help me out. Yeah, Mars Bio, Ari Lipman, exactly. Who, by the way, also uh, you know kind of hangs out at Bioscience LA, uh, you know, every uh, every uh, couple weeks. So exactly, um, that kind of it was through him that I ended up getting connected to Upfront Ventures, who's also here in LA. Just really early days when I was like, this is the idea. Here's some really early traction. Had a great meeting with Upfront. They connected me to another few of their, they were like, eh, we're, not, not, we're not ready yet, Brad, but here's here's some of our colleagues you need to talk to. And it's just, that, that's part of the LA. Yeah, yeah. There is this sense of support. And again, uh, you know, the this Biocon Startup Resources Committee, uh, you know, that's kind of brought us all together meets every, I think, every couple of months. And it's a chance for, uh, you know, Biocom Trade Association uh, and some of their member companies and potential future member companies and supporting uh, players like Ryan Witt, who we were talking about before we started recording, who's kind of another force of nature connector, uh, you know, deeply ingrained in the ecosystem to find ways to support each other. And so I don't know if uh, either of you remember exactly what you said brad you know that that day on on this uh you know zoom you know zoom uh breakout room about achieve that got you know paul excited but you know tell us a little bit more about what achieve is doing and then paul maybe you can tell us sort of you know what you heard that got you excited there but you know brad what's the you know you mentioned there's a better way to do better way to do uh you know cell and gene therapy uh starting earlier so what's the what's the elevator pitch for achieve yeah, you know, I think kind of going back to your original question, what, what what might I actually have said in that breakout room? I think probably it was something that was a response to someone's comment like you made earlier. Geez, you moved down to LA with a new kid and you resigned to start a startup and 
COVID, is this really the best time? And I, I, I think there was something along those lines. And I, I think I must've said something along the lines of, I don't, when is there a good time to get cancer? Um, who's working for these people at that most, you know, vulnerable time when they're navigating their treatment journey and they don't even realize what their future options be should they need them. Um, who's advocating for them? Who's making sure they're making the right decisions um, that are setting themselves up for success? Um, that's the core mission of, of Achieve Clinics. How do we get to patients when they're diagnosed? How do we enable them, uh, empower them to uh, access cell therapies which is not a first-line treatment. That's part of the whole point. You can't get it until it's kind of too late. So what we do is we uh, we give them an option to bank the type of immune cells that are used to make a cell therapy before they're exposed to the ravages of advanced disease and chemo. Um, they, they continue on in their standard of care. Um, there's no cost to them uh, for participating. And then when and if they need it, we connect them to one of our cell therapy um, clinical trial partners, of, of which we've, you know, thanks thanks to Paul's efforts, and he's going to have to weigh in and round out what I'm saying in, in a moment, but that's, that's what we've been assembling. That's what we've been putting together in Southern California. Yeah, my, my version of that first encounter is, was much, uh, I guess... I, I remember it being too short, right? So the, you know, you, you don't get enough time. So fortunately, Brad had enough time to at least, uh, you know, smile and say cell therapy. And at the time, I think I had already been fairly entrenched in a, um, a BD effort uh, for my um, TCRT company and had been doing a lot of outreach and got to know many folks uh, within industry uh, who are, doing work in that arena. And so thankfully, with that smile and the magic words of cell therapy, it at least compelled us or for me to to give the irresistible offer of, hey, I'll buy you a coffee and a pastry. Let's go meet up somewhere. And um and I think it was during that that session in some coffee shop somewhere in the middle of LA between uh where we both are that uh I got the full lowdown. On, on everything. And yeah, it was a fantastic spot. This was sort of like repurposed like garage that became like this awesome like artisan coffee place. And and I learned then that without fail, whenever we go to a coffee shop, Brad has to uh, procure a particular type of pastry, it seems. Like I, I haven't figured out what the, the rhyme or reason is, but this dude likes secret information that you'll only learn on this podcast is that this guy likes his baked goods. Um, and so I thought it was going to be the coffee that would, that would speak to my heart, but sir, but I realized that it was the, uh, fruit tart that was going to, um, and, th- and this is how he's welcomed me into the achieve clinics family, um, because of that, that crusty, um, uh, pastry. So, but yeah, I mean, that's, that was definitely a part of it. And so maybe LA deserves some credit for having a, a plethora of, of lovely, inspiring um, venues <laughs> for delicious brainstorming, but um, but yeah, and I think I'm definitely glad to have seen. You know, I personally have not been very much. Uh, you know, I've been a therapeutics guy through and through, almost from day one uh, in my entire career, and so achieve is naturally not a therapeutics developer and i might dabble in related technologies like when you know covid first started there was a testing technology that we looked into and so granted i might venture into the device medtech space a little but i certainly am not like thinking about what kind of healthcare service i might want to create uh, with anyone. Um, but this being in in that arena of cell therapy where I had been doing so much work and even before that BD project, I had contemplated forming a cell therapy company with um, based on technology that one of the institutions here um, had invented. And so, you know, going through a lot of these paces of, of, of appreciating the challenges and the um, realities of what cell therapy development uh, requires. Um, I think that it put me in a, in a good position for being really receptive to Brad and his efforts. And I think in, in a lot of what he was speaking to was exciting to me, almost because of how, of how elegantly simple it was. You know, um, I'd been racking my brain around a lot of difficult biology issues when it comes to this very complicated medicine. And here comes a solution that is 
just requires a little nitrogen. <laughs> right. Well, this this strikes me as sort of an you know, Paul, you've you've worked on business, you know, a lot of these businesses, you've you've certainly looked at even more, and you know, there's there's going to be a lot of potential solutions, a lot of winners and losers, um, and you know, hopefully, winners over time. Achieve strikes me as one of these enabling technologies, sort of the picks and shovels kind of model, right? So this is uh, uh, Achieve is creating a an infrastructure that every single you know cell therapy can plug into over time, and not all of those are going to be huge successes, but hopefully more of them will be more successful because Achieve is there, uh, you know, banking healthy uh, you know biomaterial earlier. Absolutely. I think what's, you know, Brad, you can tell the story perhaps better, but I, I recall you recall uh, you retelling your encounter uh, with uh, Ari Beldegren, um, you know, founder of Kite, who, uh, you know, I believe was said to Brad to his face, I wish you were here. I wish you started Achieve 10 years ago <laughs> um, because of how much it would have benefited even Kite. Ironically, you know, even Ari, like a lot of their focus has been, not, you know, obviously they have Allogene, and and so there's like they, a lot of this challenge of the the this this quality of the cells, the logistics of cell therapy, you know, the industry can go in a direction of trying to solve that with, hey, let's maybe we can make um, cell therapies that are allogeneic that you can grab off the shelf. It removes the whole logistics issue, but to to re- you know, to solve that logistics issue, you're creating like so many biology issues, and um, and which we've seen cannot be overcome very easily. So I don't think that the time is ripe for allogeneic therapies just yet to completely dominate the environment. And I think many folks, um, oncologists and immunologists included, will say, you know, you kind of wish you didn't have to. Um, yeah, it's like you're 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 trying to solve one problem, but you're creating many more. And and what's really wonderful about the Achieve platform is that you're bringing that kind of off-the-shelf um, convenience to, you know, to, to getting cell therapy started and um, to getting patients enrolled into studies, but you're not needing to, um, but you're also improving the biology environment. You're taking immune cells that have basically avoided chemo. You're not having a lot of the um, problems in the mix. And so I think both the logistics and the biology are so much better in an environment where Achieve Clinics exists. Um, and that's the core of what got me so excited uh, about trying to see this uh, happen. And and it's, it definitely is reassuring that folks like, like Ari Beldegrun agree that this is this is how it should be, you know. Now the hard part is making it happen, and, and that's definitely why uh, you know we're rolling up our sleeves and 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 doing what we can. Yeah, so I would love this, and again, I, I think that uh, you know we're going to have a, we have a range of listeners, and you know some are more tech, some are more you know life sciences. I know we're not going to get everyone fully understanding you know all of the technical details around what makes you know what makes you achieve really unique, and I you know it is. Uh, uh, I guess I'm I'm a, I'm a middle middle of the road person, so I'm definitely not a scientist or a physician, but I know enough about what's worked and what hasn't to know that there's something really exciting here. But you know, Brad, maybe just kind of kind of walk us through, uh, you know, in short, kind of what the you know, what will the process look like, and kind of what's the what's the patient experience look like with Achieve? What does the um, you know the the drug development uh, experience look like? And I suppose there's also a physician experience in there as well. So kind of what does that look like and, and how does it, how is it better than the, the standard today? Yeah. 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 Great, great question. So how it works today is um, someone isn't eligible to get a cell therapy until they've um, gotten far enough along in their, um, in their, in their treatment journey, we'll call it. Um standard of care is not working for them. Uh, they're potentially out of options. Um, so cells are taking out of them to, to, to make a cell therapy, assuming they can get into a trial that works for them or they can get a commercially available one of which there, there are a few, but they may have a cancer for which there is no commercially available cell therapy. So you're relying on getting into a trial. 99% of cell therapy technologies are not yet FDA approved. So 
And that's really tough uh, to get into that trial, to find that trial uh, in time. Are you well enough to get a cell therapy uh, at that time? Uh, you may meeting you may be meeting exclusion criteria for that for that trial. So many issues, so many complications for the patient journey. And so what we're doing is is we're turning that on its head. We're saying let's find a cell therapy trial. Let's find uh, you know or or uh, cell therapy candidates that are approaching clinical stage. So we've done that. Uh, they're being developed by uh, the Scripps Research Institute down in San Diego or TCRQR here in Los Angeles, as a matter of fact. These are actual uh, autologous patient-derived cell therapies that are going to be uh, trials soon enough. And, and they want to work with the cheap clinics to find patients for them. So what we do once we, you know, we, we know we have that option, well, then we know who our patients are going to be. If they're developing a cell therapy for a certain type of cancer, well, then we, we want to engage with those specific types of patients and say, hey, to their doctors and to them, we have a real option for you. Uh, it costs you nothing. Uh, there's this 50-year-old technology called apheresis where we take these immune cells out of your body. It's safe. You know, your insurance coverage is irrelevant. Your ability to pay is irrelevant. It no cost to you. If you end up needing it, we're going to make it a lot easier for you to access this this cell therapy on the other side of our platform. Let's do that. Let's take your cells. Let's bank them. Go on with your standard of care. Hopefully, you won't need cell therapy. But depending on your cancer, that actually your life may depend on it. If when we get to that point, let's revisit it. Let's look at your, you know, your health status. Let's see, are you actually eligible for this trial? Uh, which is something we would, you know, look at in, in, in consultation with the with the industry sponsor and say, okay, like let's. Looks like this person is actually a fit. Um, do they still want to do this? They do. All right. Well, that's it. Let's send their cells for uh, for manufacturing uh, and get them a cell therapy a week or two later. So there's a there's a streamlining of, of access for the patient where it's kind of like here's an option that could work for you. Let's help help you get it better. We're going to make this option work uh, better probably because we're using your cells while while they still had greater fitness. Um, and that, that's pretty much start to finish. So yes, there are physicians involved in it. There, that clinical site participation is very important. Who's presenting this option to a patient in a reputable way? Where are these collections taking place of cells? It's not, it's not in our van in, in a strip mall. It's happening at a, uh, at a properly accredited <laughs> medical institution. We're also uh, potentially going to be launching in Seattle, actually, with our partners Be The Match which uh, in the field of cell therapy and uh, transplantation uh, uh, medicine, transplant medicine, uh, Be The Match is like, I don't know, what uh, what Apple is to <laughs> smartphones is what Be The Match is for bone marrow. Uh, it is beyond uh, the gold standard. And so it's very exciting to be working with them. Uh, not necessarily Los Angeles based, so we don't want to spend too much time uh, tooting, tooting that horn. Uh, but those are the sites where we would be processing patients. That's how they'd be getting into our system and how we would be ultimately uh, connecting that to a downstream uh, trial. Yeah, that's, that's super, super exciting. And, uh, you know, again, I think, you know, we've, we've talked about Ari Beldegren and Kite and, you know, mo most people have followed some of that path and, you know, watching some of these other companies come down. You mentioned, you know, TCR Cure and companies like that, uh, you know, here, there's going to be such an opportunity to help support those companies and and get more, you know, ultimately more people having treatments that that are effective. And I think even, uh, you know, you look at a, a huge company like Kite, with that has uh, you know created lots of value. And you know, when Gilead acquired them, uh, you know, there's been you know growth since then, and still the the number of patients who have been impacted by by kite is uh you know it's it's kind of absurdly small to people who think about you know think about population numbers right so we've got a long way to go to be able to reach reach more people i think if there's just one thing i would say let's let's not focus too much on the kites of the world um what achieve clinics really where we help are the emerging companies the emerging technologies who are entering clinical stage in there with their first candidate, and maybe it's a crowded field, and it's very difficult to compete for patients and find patients to populate their trials quickly. And wouldn't you know, they could work with Achieve Clinics who can find their patients for them before they need them, populate their trial faster, and because of the higher quality of the starting material, the cells they're using, maybe their drug works better. And that's 
that's what it takes for them to beat the competition. You know, these, the entrenched leaders, you know, the Jansons, the, the kites, whatever they are, they are entrenched in the status quo of how cell therapy is going to be manufacturing. And it's, it's not working. It's not scalable. And that's a huge part of the problem. Um, how can we be part of the next wave of innovation for the next generation of autologous cell therapies? Yeah, no, it's that that's exciting. And I'm guessing, uh, you know, so two, two follow up questions is sort of, you know, what is the what's the business model here, which it sounds like it's going to be coming from those, uh, you know, those emerging companies that, that get successes. And, and where are you in that in that path in terms of validating this whole concept, you know, getting it up and running uh, and, you know, getting it funded? Well, the business model is thankfully quite uh, the core of it, as Brad mentioned, is quite simple. So the core of it is doing that piece of cell collection, which is that leukapheresis, um, which is normally done after all this chemo, after all the therapy. Instead, we're going to do it almost as early as possible, even potentially at diagnosis. You find out you have cancer for the first time. Right then, hopefully, your clinician is one of our partner clinicians. And they will then know to potentially refer you for this Achieve Clinics process. So even though you're not going to get CAR-T, you're not going to get one of these fancy cell therapies yet, for free, you'll do this CAR-T step, the leukophoresis. That's where Achieve Clinics can pay for it. Now, that, that's a cost. Now, on the other side of that cost is the demand for that product. And this is, this is basically the bet, the business model. We believe... And there's many data points that have confirmed this. The demand for that piece, right? The the value of having that patient pack, this pre-chemo time-machined immune pack, uh, is multiples of what it cost us to collect it. Now, they don't need to pay us those multiples when we collected it. They'll pay us when the patient is ready to go into this study. But the value of this pack grows multiples just by virtue of the fact that this patient is now ready to go. And this patient will have been analyzed already because we have their cells. We'll know what kind of cancer they have. We'll even have potentially some of their natural history, their medical history um, associated with this pack of immune cells. And so all of that collectively could be, you know, so far it looks like we'll be at least maybe 5x of what we paid, potentially even 10x. And, um, and that's what our market checks have, have shown. On top of that, even on day one, there are ways to monetize this patient material. Um, many researchers and cell therapy companies need to do, uh, they need immune cells to do their work, either to do some discovery work or to possibly refine how they process these cells. And currently the status quo is we do process development with healthy cells. And that's all well and good. And so we come up with a process and then we show up to a clinical trial with an actual cancer patient who's gone through chemo, as we mentioned. Turns out our manufacturing process is no longer to spec. What do we do? This is the reality for so many cell therapy developers. Um, What's beautiful about having these cells uh, on hand is you can now do your practice runs with real patient material. Um, and so this is a big part of why the genetics of the world are very excited to work with us and have signed letters of intent with us to, to do this very type of process development work on day one when our cells are ready. So we can sell that, those material on day one and the value of those cells are actually almost on par with, if not higher than the cost it took for us to collect. And so both pieces of this suggest it is well worth the risk for us to foot the bill of doing this early cell collection. And um, and so we just have to focus on doing the hard work of getting these clinicians on board, getting the institutions on board. And then of course, eventually we'll, we'll want to explore recruiting more um, cell therapy sponsors and, and, and developers who are developing these therapies. But we know that the model is there. The costs are easily dwarfed by the demand for the material uh, downstream. And so it feels well worth it as a business to, um, to build it out. Yeah, no, this, this is you know really, really exciting. And I, I, I feel like I'm going to have to, we'll have to do a, a revisit this conversation 
uh, you know, in a year and see how things have emerged. Cause I think a lot's, a lot's going to happen between now and then. So, uh, you know, you, you've got emerging partnerships. You mentioned Genentech, you're talking about, you know, Seattle and, uh, um, you know, that, that, uh, relationship, where are you right now in terms of building relationships? And this is really an opportunity kind of how can, you know, how can Los Angeles help or how can the we are LA tech community help? You know, what are you looking for in terms of, physicians in terms of, uh, you know, uh, early stage drug developers, what do you need? I could share that perhaps the proudest relationship we have, coming back to the theme of the most important theme of patients, is the Emily Whitehead Foundation. You know, Emily Whitehead is that first patient who got CAR-T more than 10 years ago, um, as Brad mentioned. And she has, uh, you know, thank goodness, been cancer-free those entire 10 years. And so she is the reason why cell therapy has exploded as much as it has. Um, and she is a big part of why Novartis even got that first approval. I think she personally was there in that advisory committee meeting with the FDA advisory committee, basically making the case like, this has saved my life and I'm sitting here because of of CAR-T. And so, you know, her family has created a, a wonderful foundation and done a lot of work in um advocating for patients. And, you know, we learned from uh, Emily's father that the big part of their story was actually the fact that they skipped chemo. (laughs) So there was a period where uh, Emily could have gone through an an extra round of chemo. And instead they, for reasons that are, they don't even know why, they just had a gut feeling. We should, maybe we just ride this out without the chemo. And because of that, their clinicians have told, you know, um, the the folks at Penn were saying, you know, that probably saved her life. Like her her CAR T worked better in many ways than you know. There were peers of hers who were not so lucky, you know, and did not survive CAR T. But she, um, in many ways, probably got the kind of outcome we needed to have this whole thing exist because she had the good fortune of not getting her cells exposed to excessive chemo. And so, um, so their family understood the achieved clinics promise in a way that um, I think few could. And to have them in our corner has meant a ton. And so maybe for the LA ecosystem, I think a big part of what we are excited to possibly do with them is try to work together and get more awareness for them and their work. But in in we know in due time, those patients and the community that they represent are really the key stakeholder for making Achieve Clinics what it should be. Um, ultimately, it's their cells and their data that are at the core of what makes Achieve Clinics potentially transformative. And and if they're not on board, none of this matters. And so, yeah. So if anything, we want to, you know, maybe we should talk about how do how can we get the Emily Whiteheads of the world like better understood and how you know. I know that they've got a wonderful film that they've been um, uh, that they've got produced out there that they've been doing screenings of. So perhaps that's something we should talk about, you know, doing here in LA, um, getting Tom and Emily out here. We have a nice, a nice room, uh, you know, that could get 150 people watching, uh, you know, get all the, the key decision makers uh, gathered at Bioscience LA or gathered at, you know, UCLA or, uh, you know, USC or something like that. But I, I love that idea of, you know, kind of spreading the word. Do people care about films in this town? I wasn't sure. I don't, I've been so in the, <laughs> the biotech thing. I, I, <laughs> Yeah, maybe every once in a while people pay attention, right? But, uh... <laughs> that's a that's a good idea that 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 Paul mentioned. I mean, potentially using that space in our you know nascent relationship with uh, with the foundation to bring together uh, more stakeholders to supercharge achieve clinics efforts uh, and continue to boost our our, our stance here. I mean, if there's probably one uh, group who would be the most important for us to engage with in the Los Angeles area, it would be uh, oncologists who see the types of solid tumor patients uh, that would be eligible uh, for our, our partner's trials. Uh, ideally, they'd be at Cedars because we already know they have capacity and a willingness to work with us. But we need, we need those oncologists to access those patients in a reasonable and, and, and responsible way. Uh, to present them with our no cost to them offer to try, try and give them something that could save their lives. And, you know, so that, that would be the one, uh, that would be the one party that would make the the big difference. And it's just, of course, we always want more money and more investment, 
but let's let's focus on you know making this a reality and a lot of it a lot of the rest of it can can figure itself out uh need to give a shout out to to sean and then brazen capital because they are actually our first uh, investors they left their wheelhouse of of investing only in, in women and, and uh minority uh co-founders uh to throw us a bone actually uh because they believe so much uh in our ability to me you know to drive some change uh in, in this area so i think they definitely um you know that's that's a real la connection yeah no, that's 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 great that's great um and then in terms of you know additional fundraising or hiring kind of uh you know what's what's on uh, what's on the table for, for 2023? Our founding technically has just recently in a way happened. <laughs> so the company formation um, is still relatively nascent. We absolutely are excited to do a Series A f- a fundraise. But there's the, the first shoe to drop, we believe, will be um, revenue, not actually um, capital from an investor. And so in many ways, the revenue piece can dictate what type of fundraising we need to do. Um, There is a path forward for this company that does not require much outside capital. Um, And and Brad and I have certainly explored how that could work, um, and it can. Just to clarify, based upon what you said earlier, Paul, this is from the situation in which we collect more cells than we need from a patient, or we have cells that we collected but ended up not needing to be used, and those cells end up getting sold for research purposes. So... Paul mentioned process development. Another possibility is TCR discovery. Those are very valuable, and that that that's something that that revenue jump starts independently of, of, a, of a clinical trial and provide and right. enables us to provide our service at no cost to patients. So that's that's how that cycle can get can get started. But again, how do you access the patients? It all goes back to where the where are the right dedicated um, on, on, oncologists. Who we can work work with to get that right patient segment. You just one patient a month. We're not. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have to be you. Yeah. Now that's and that's exciting. And then we'll we'll talk we'll talk more we'll we'll talk more for sure in the new year. But there's a there's a new initiative coming online uh, called Precision LA, which will be a, a nonprofit focused on sort of this you know intersection of. Precision medicine certainly, you know, uh, you know, oncology is going to be a big, uh, a big part of this, but also touching uh, LA populations, underserved populations. I, I think there could be a really interesting angle there to, uh, um, you know, at least get in front of the right people. Whether or not that leads to that, those patients will need to see, but I, I think there could be some interesting connections. So that's that's on my list to to follow up on. So I, I think there's a lot, I, again, I think uh, we're going to get you guys back on and, uh, um, you know, talk even more about this because there's so much, you know, so much here, but um, uh, I, you know, I want to, I want to be sensitive to everyone's time, especially our listeners. And I'm going to come back to some, uh, you know, we've got uh, the the fun piece of this because, so we've got three, you know, three Northeasterners who've given up, uh, given up, uh, you know, shoveling snow and scraping ice and things like that for, for LA. You know, you guys really walked walked into this. So, you know, Paul, I got to hear, you know, where's your where's your favorite coffee in L.A.? And then, uh, Brad, I got to hear, you know, where's your favorite, uh, you know, pastry in Los Angeles? For me, the coffee uh, is an easy one. Living near Highland Park, uh, I'm in the, yeah, the Civil Coffee down in Figueroa. When they first opened, produced the best cup of coffee I, I ever had. Simple espresso and milk uh, was, was amazing. They've since evolved. Uh, and been procuring a lot of other beans, but um, that's definitely the best uh, coffee that I uh, would get. A little nod to go get them Tiger as well for their very convenient mail delivery beans. But um, I'll do a shout out for Civil. I'm going to take the trite choice and say Earth Cafe uh, on Beverly Drive uh, in Beverly Hills. That's the one that's close to me. So that's 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 my shout out. I guess it's still a chain, you know. I but it's no Starbucks. I mean, you got to you know. That's still a local. It's a small, yeah, it's a small chain, you know, and it was, uh, and it was like, that one was, you know, in, in entourage all the time. So it's got a, you know, it's got a whole Hollywood connection as well. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, Earth, Earth, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to say, uh, well, next time we get together in, in Culver City, uh, you know, one, although it's also a small chain, we now have a sidecar donuts uh, right down the street from, from Bioscience LA, which if you're looking for, a really good, uh, 
ridiculously expensive donut, uh, I highly recommend Sidecar Donuts. So, uh, you know, do not go in and buy a dozen donuts unless you're you're planning on, uh, you know, it's going to change your whole uh, corporate fundraising trajectory because they're not inexpensive. Uh, but not far from us, uh, not far from us in Culver City, there's a place called, uh, I think it's just called Copenhagen, which is this uh, Scandinavian, uh, really interesting uh, pastries that Evan Sang of uh, Skylar Consulting, uh, who I think I might have also connected with on the Biocom startup committee once upon a time uh, he introduced me to copenhagen whenever he comes by the office he he always stops by there and uh, and brings these like super rich uh, pastries so I, I suppose i i guess i pay attention to pastries as well and coffee but uh <laughs> awesome well uh yeah more 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 to come on that but since it's the holidays i feel like we should we should end with uh you know talking coffee and pastry it's always a good thing how uh um there, there's lots of kind of uh, follow-up requests out there but um should people go to the achieve website should they email you linkedin what's the right way to kind of get in front of you with whatever they've got i'd say email is probably the best our website is pretty <laughs> bare bones um but yeah brad.heller B-R-A-D dot H-E-L-L-E-R at AchieveClinics.com. I think that's, a, that's the best way to reach out. We'd love to talk to you if you're a patient advocate, if you're a survivor. Did you get CAR-T? Are you a physician and you're listening? Are you in the, you know, the business of big pharma? I, you know, whatever. We, we want to meet you. We want to talk to you and see how we can be a part of the solution together. Awesome. Awesome. That's cool. I, I, I'll definitely... Uh via listeners and via some other connections, I'm excited to help uh, help make more happen. So lots of good things in 2023 for for Achieve. Uh, really thrilled to have everyone here. Uh, thank you guys both so much. Uh, thank you out there for listening to We Are LA Tech. Definitely always check out wearelatech.com slash community. It's wearelatech.com slash community where you can get tapped into everything happening with We Are LA Tech. Uh, I'll put in a plug for uh, Bioscience LA as well, biosciencela.org, uh, and the Biocom Startup Resources Committee, which you can find at uh, Biocom website. And then uh, say hello on social to We Are LA Tech on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. Paul, Brad, so thrilled to have you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Dave. Hi, this is Paul Chun, managing partner of Eldred Advisors and proud co-founder of Achieve Clinics, based out of Mount Washington near the awesome neighborhood of Highland Park. And you're listening to We Are LA Tech. Hi, I'm Brad Heller. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Achieve Clinics. We are making it easier for cancer patients to access more effective cell therapies. I'm based in West LA, and you are listening to We Are LA Tech. The We Are LA Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. Music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The We Are LA Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes.